0: Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. And I want to emphasize that point one more time. I am not the perfect dad. I have had a day of days today where I'm reminded that I am not the perfect dad. Now, I want to share that day with you, this day with you, so that you can maybe have some comedic relief, some humor throughout your day, but also just to kind of open up and share my Personal ventures as a father. But mainly, what I hope to accomplish today is in sharing my process of mentally going back through my losses as a dad and evaluating what I have done and what I did right, what I did bad, extracting those bad elements and those bad components so that I can focus on them so that I can finish the rest of the mantra, right? That it's not just that I'm not the perfect dad, but it's that every day I'm striving to be better. That's the goal, so I can't be a better dad if I don't know what I need to improve. Think about it. Whenever you correct and discipline your kids, you should probably tell them this. This is what you did, this is what you should have done, this is the result of what happened because of what you did, and this is what happens if you do this other thing that's really good to do. But you're not going to be able to get better if you have not identified what it is that you were doing that is having a bad result. You can't just say, I'll do better next time. That is a cop-out, and that is an excuse, and that is a sure sign that you will just keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. If you want to truly improve and be better, you have to be man enough and mentally stable enough to go back and evaluate your failures, which I understand is not fun, As men, we don't like to make mistakes, we don't like to fail, we like to just charge on and find our victories and our successes and we just wanna rally in those. I get it, but we have to be big enough to go back and to evaluate the failures and the mistakes and say, this happened and I think this is the reason why. Let me focus on this, identify those tendencies and those elements in your behavior, your conduct, in your mentality, in your character that are crap. Identify those things so that you can work on them. If you don't know what the problem is, then what are you fixing? You've got to identify those things. So I hope that in taking you through my process of how I evaluate my losses, that you can extract some components from what I do and Add it to yourself as a father so that you can join me in this mission of fathering our future, you yourself striving to be a better dad every day. So let me tell you a little bit about my day, and let me preface it first with this. Some things that I know about myself that just gave me a great foundation for a wonderful success of a day. Here's what I know. I'm tired, and I'm exhausted. I haven't had sleep this week. I was sick last weekend. Still recovering. Hasn't been great exhausted, tired. I had to wake up early this morning because I play the keyboard at church, which, side note, if you need a church and you're in the DFW area, Garland, Texas, 502 Beltline Road, North Cities, check it out. 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock a.m. service every Sunday morning. You should go. Great place to be. Anyway, periodically, I play the keyboard on Sunday mornings there. And uh, I didn't want to today, but I had already committed. So I stuck with my commitment and did what I needed to do. But I had to wake up early, and I was tired and I did not want to go, but I did. And it was a good service. Both services were good. Anyway, I digress. So I was tired, exhausted. I am overwhelmed. There's a lot on my head that I'm trying to process and think about. Still, while I'm trying to do the podcast, I'm still trying to say, stop thinking about these things right now. So I'm overwhelmed. And in addition to that, I'm stressed. And I know that I'm stressed because I had a fever blister pop up on my lip just a few days ago. And luckily, it's already going away. I didn't even really have to treat it because. That is that is my body's way of telling me that I'm stressed. And when that happens, I know I just need to breathe. I just need to take a step back, need to calm down. And typically, for whatever reason, I can somehow regulate that pretty well and the fever blister usually goes away. So I'm in the process of that recovering. But still, I know there's stress. I know that I'm overwhelmed. And I know that I'm tired. And that's not a great foundation <laughs> To be a dad. If those are the components of your foundation, you're going to have a bumpy day. And I didn't. So after church, my wife had an appointment. I had the kiddos and I asked them where they wanted to go eat. And so they told me, and we went back and forth, bantered about this. The kids were kind of crazy at church. By the time we got in the car, it was already a little bit hostile. They wanted to go to Kane's, agreed to it. We finally got there. And, oh, I need to tell you this, though, at church, this was a little bit funny, I guess, in hindsight. It wasn't funny when it happened, but uh, JoJo, the youngest, the two-year-old, she fell and hit her face. So she had a bloody nose that was just running, which she had a bloody nose the other day, and this just, like, reopened the floodgates, so that looked great. And she also busted her lip, so it looked like she had a really bad lip injection. and. She she looked pretty funny anyway, so she was this abused hot mess at Canes, and she's jumping around in the booth, which you know is what kids do. And it's just sometimes we allow it; it's okay. So she's jumping around. She's she's having a, a good time. She's really interested in the family that's behind us. I keep trying to get her to turn back and look at her food. She spilled her milk twice: once on herself, once all over the table. She managed to get so much ketchup. All over both of her hands. I don't know how she did it. It was intentional, but I didn't even think I had that much ketchup in the little container. It it was kind of impressive. And I looked at her hands and I thought, how? Sometimes that happens. So I'm trying to clean that up constantly. Plus, she's got a runny nose. So now there's bloody mucus that I'm constantly wiping up. So I'm dealing with her just the entire time. But I still got two other kids. Like this only gets better. Now, thankfully, Reagan, the four year old, didn't really have too much going on, other than the fact that I told them when we were ordering everything, look, for your drink, they have milk, they have apple juice, or you can get a cup, you can have water, and you can have all the water you want. So what happened? She was like, no, I want apple juice. So she finished the apple juice before the food ever got there. She takes one bite of a salty french fry. She's like, Dad, I'm really thirsty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sure you are really thirsty, and this is why I told you. No. You know, we give them the opportunity to make the mistakes because this is good for them. This is good for them to make those mistakes so that they can learn and in the future say, you know what, I'd be better off having all the water that I want rather than just a few ounces of apple juice. So it's a learning process, but I digress again. The point is, uh, that was fun just trying to deal with that because she can be loud anyway. Finally got that one figured out. And then there was Frankie. He's six, he's my main man. And He likes to aggravate his sisters. I had a sister too. I totally get it. And I've had this conversation with him and I've told him, I'm like, look, I'm okay with you aggravating your sisters. It's okay. You're going to do it. You want to do it. It's in your nature. Great. But you got to keep a lid on it. Like you just can't always constantly do that. When I ask you to stop or when mom asks you to stop, you need to stop because we've allowed you to do it a lot and you've pushed the limit. And that was a good conversation. But, you know, we have to revisit that conversation from time to time. That wasn't even the worst part. The worst part of it was that he loves the cane sauce so much that in his ferocious dipping of a french fry or a chicken strip, he managed to basically empty out his entire container of cane sauce. And he tried to clean it up. In the process of cleaning it up, he gets his shirt all over it, and it's it's just one thing leads to another, and he's basically covered in head-to-toe from cane sauce. And he's six, and I didn't handle that. I didn't handle that very well. Now, I'm quiet and I'm patient and I am being thoughtful in what I'm trying to do. But even then, I make mistakes. I'll get back to that in just a second because that's a mistake that I made that I want to walk through. Anyway, we get done with that. Every time I get up to get a refill, JoJo has to get up and then trying to get her back into the booth is just fun. Um, So there's that. Then JoJo told me that she pooped. So I had to change her diaper. I tried to change it in the car. She wouldn't let me. She, I put it in the trunk and she just went straight to the back and I couldn't reach her. So with all the frustration and me being so tired, it was just a matter of me deciding that, look, I'm going to put you in your seat and you're going to have poop in your butt. And when we get home, I'll change your diaper. So that was, that was the chaos, and that was just Keynes. So I'm not going to tell you anymore <laughs> that that was my Keynes experience. I don't want to go back to Keynes for a little while, at least not by myself. But when I got home and got the kids in their beds to take a nap, everything kind of settles, dust is gone, have some clarity of what happened, I wasn't thrilled with how I behaved and how I conducted myself as a father. So this is the hard part, going back through that, And realizing my mistakes. And, you know, it's good if when you do this, that you kind of pinpoint some victories and some improvements that, you know, you've been working on. It's good to motivate yourself, but don't get too caught up in motivating yourself when you have all these failures that you need to address. So I'm going through this. And the first thing is with the cane sauce and Frankie. It's a bad thing to do in general ever. You should never do this. But When Frankie had cane sauce all over himself and all over the table, I said, Buddy, I said, How did you do this? I said, You've made a bigger mess than the two year old. You've made more of a mess than the baby of the family. Now, that's horrible to do. And the reason that that is horrible to do is because it's the comparison game. The Bible tells us that it is foolish for us to compare ourselves with one another. Yeah, we shouldn't do it. The Bible even talks about how we shouldn't even cast judgment on other people because we've got plenty to judge of ourselves. It says don't try and like get that little speck out of someone else's eye. when you've got a huge beam, you've got a big log sticking out of your own eye. We've got enough chaos in our own personal lives that we don't need to be focused on other people. And if you get so focused on other people that you think, you know what, I'm just a disgrace, I'm a letdown, I wish I could be that, I wish I could be them. You are just setting yourself up for misery. So don't do that. You're not supposed to compare yourself with other people, because you don't know their story, you don't know their life, you don't have their context, you don't know. They might look polished and just pristine on the outside, but when they get home, they're dealing with crap that you probably don't even have to deal with. You just don't know. It is foolish, like the Bible says, to compare yourself with anyone else, and it is really foolish as dads to place a comparison on a child like that. And the moment I did it, I realized, what an idiot. I've now compared my six-year-old son, who's in kindergarten, who's smart, who is autonomous and just so bright. I've just belittled him and degraded him to a two-year-old. In a sense, I've taken his capacity for excellence that he has. And I said, all of this, less than a two-year-old. It does damage. It's harming. And we don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. I don't need to do it. It should never happen. You should never say, so-and-so didn't do this. The other person didn't do this. Not even the baby did this. Or Not even this. Not even that. The moment you do that, you're setting your kid up for failure because you're failing. You can't fail and set your kid up for success. If you fail as a dad, you're putting failure in the path of your child. The comparison game is bad. Now I did catch myself, and I will say this on the way to Keynes, one of the other alternatives that was presented by my son was Jason's Deli. And he said the reason he wanted to go, and I knew why he wanted to go, is because they've got free ice cream. And I said, look, the way that y'all acted at church, run around, you're too hyper, you're too crazy right now. You definitely don't need ice cream. We're not going to Jason's. But we have to pass by Jason's as we leave the Keynes. And a family was walking out at the same time. And I think they had two or three little girls and they all had ice cream cones. And in that moment, I thought this would be a great time for me to say, look, those little kids got ice cream. But I didn't because in that moment, I caught myself, said, don't be an idiot. Don't fall to the comparison nonsense. And I didn't. I shut my mouth and mentally said, don't be an idiot. (laughs) This is literally the thoughts going through my head. So I did learn, and that was was a good thing, but still, overall, just chaos of a day. And then the other thing that was very obvious for me is I had the opportunity to take the kids out, or I had the opportunity to just go home. When you have a controlled environment and the kids can be a little more wild because it's your house, they have their places, they have their toys. We had leftovers. We had some delicious soup that my wife made that we could have had for lunch. It would have been no big deal. I could have heated that up. The kids love it. It would have been over and done. The mess could have happened. There would have been no one else to even worry about. Kids could have gone right to bed. No driving, no getting in and out of car seats. It would have been the easiest thing to do, and it would have been the optimum thing for me to do, considering the fact that I'm tired, overwhelmed, and stressed. But I didn't do that. So that's one of those things. Like When I feel a particular way, I don't need to put myself in an environment where I'm going to fail. Don't do that for yourself either. There are days where I'm on the crazy side. And what I mean by that is I am wanting and craving the chaos. I told my wife the other day, I said, I miss our crazy family trips to the zoo where the kids are just upset because they want something from the gift shop and they can't get something from the gift shop every single time. We don't go to the zoo just to look at the gift shop. I mean, they sell the same things on Amazon for half the price. There you go. You're welcome. If you ever go to the zoo, it doesn't matter what zoo you go to, you can find the same stuff on Amazon for half the price. Anyway, they get upset because they can't do this or that. They get to do a hundred things, but because they can't do one or two, it's a failure of a trip in their eyes And and they're whining and they're crying when we leave, but there's something about our chaos that sometimes I just really love. But today was not one of those days where I was looking forward to loving our family's chaos. But in evaluating myself, I should have known better. I should have allowed myself to be in an environment where I could have had greater success as a father. Not that it would have been an absolute win, but it probably would not have been as crazy and hostile had I just come home. And then the other thing, this is something that I'll just throw in as extra... I teetered on it. I don't know that I actually did it, but I caught myself mentally thinking about this. And so I just want to go ahead and share a little bit about this. And this this is the threat, the threatening game. Now I don't mean like, hey, like this is an actual threat that you can go to jail for. We do this thing as dads sometimes. Parents, all of us do it. But when we're at wit's end, or we're just rushed or frustrated. We do this thing with our kids where we say, if you do that again, then I'm going to do this. If you do this again, then this is going to happen. And it's not like we do that in a very constructive and an instructive way. We do it as, this doesn't even make sense. Like, this is a childish thing for us to say. Like, if you do this again, I'm going to take every single toy you have and throw it into a fire. No, you're not. Because one, you don't have enough energy to go and do that. And you know your kid has way too many toys. You're not going to do that. And you know what I mean? It could be whatever it is that you just happen to say, that you just go to automatically. We say dumb things sometimes when we allow ourselves to be reactive because we're frustrated, we're tired, we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, we're in a rush, we're trying to hurry, and we throw out these nonsensical threats to our kids. Don't do that. We don't need to do that. We need to avoid. Those things. If you're going, if you're going to give instructions to your kid, and it's not bad to say if you do this, this will happen. It's not wrong to say this is biblical. This is what God says with His people. God says that if you're going to be in relationship with me, you're going to get all these wonderful things. But if you're going to oppose me and you're going to try to go against the grain and do all these things that I'm instructing you not to do, then all these natural side effects of your poor decisions this is what's going to happen. It's not even that I'm going to be the one who dispenses this judgment. It's just like, this is what happens when you choose to live this way. That's how we have to be when we are actually instructing and correcting our kids. Tell them, this is what will actually happen. This will be the result of how you behave. I want this for you. And if we can do this, then I will do these things. But if you're not going to be that way, then I'm not going to do this. I can't do this. It's going to only do bad for you if I still do this positive thing when you act this way. Tell them the truth when you're actually giving them consequences. Don't be reactive and say, if you don't do this, then all these other things that don't even make sense that you're not going to do, because then you make yourself out to be a liar. And then your kid starts to think, you know what, they don't really mean it. And if they start to get that idea and they stop listening because you never follow through on your outlandish threats, one day you'll probably snap because they don't listen to you because you have not been a man of your word. And then you're going to feel really dumb and really bad. So let me just go ahead and give you this knowledge now. Don't make outlandish threats. And one thing that I do, one thing that I did... Is before we ever got out of the restaurant, before we got out of the car, when we got back to the house, I took some breaths, calmed down. I told my kids, I said, Look, we're here at the restaurant. This is not a playground. This is not a park. When we go inside, I want you to go and I want you to have a seat or I want you to stand there with me. I don't want you to pick at stuff. I don't want you to jump. I don't want you to run. I don't want you to do these things. We're here to eat food, to talk, to have a good time. We're not here to play. We don't play at the restaurant. So I made sure that they understood what we were there to do. When we got home, I said, look, JoJo's asleep. I'm going to take her upstairs. I'm going to change her diaper. I'm going to lay her down. But I need both of you to go inside, use the restroom, change out of your church clothes, and go get in your rooms, and you're both going to rest. You need to take a nap. You need to be in your room. I want the door closed. I want you to relax. That's a great time to do that. When you're in a controlled environment, all the kids are in car seats, they couldn't go anywhere. We're in the car, it's quiet, it's controlled. That's when you take the opportunity to take those breaths, focus, change your posture, and then speak with clarity. Speak with your mind intact, not being reactive, but you're speaking with an understanding of this was what needs to happen, this is what, It's going to happen. And here's what happens if that doesn't happen. And here's what happens if this does happen. That's the time you do that when it's controlled and it's thought out and it's done in patience. It's hard to do anything (laughs) loving or sound when you are frustrated and in a rush. So that was my day. A little bit of a failure, but. I know what to work on. I know that when it comes to me and my son, which this is just I think a natural thing that fathers have to deal with when they have boys, is not being too hard on them. We want to be hard on them because we want them to be great. We want them to be successful. We want them to be just strong and want them to be leaders. But we have to remember that they're still boys. Now, there comes a day when they turn into a man. But for now, yes, we can be firm and yes, we can be hard on them, but we have to make sure that we do that in a constructive way, that we do that in a way that actually builds them up. So just be careful. I don't have the answers. I don't have the full, clear discourse to give you on that. I'm working on it myself. Maybe we'll talk about it with some other guys so we can dialogue back and forth about it. But be careful of that as a dad with sons. Be mindful of the whole outlandish threat thing. You want to be a man of your word. This goes back to having good personal integrity. Be a man of your word. Don't be reactive. Think about what you're going to say and say what you actually mean and then do what you say. Follow through with your word. And then the other thing is don't do the comparison thing. Don't ever do that with your kids. You set them up. You set them up for trauma, you set them up for failure, you set them up for low self-esteem, you set them up to always be looking at other people to figure out how they're supposed to conduct themselves. Don't do that. They're going to spend the rest of their life trying to not be someone else, and then trying to not be someone else, they're never going to figure out who they actually are. And The dumb thing about the comparison thing, let me say this, especially as Christian fathers, we're not trying to get our kids to act like anyone else on this planet, not even ourselves. As Christian fathers, we're trying to get our kids to act like Jesus. And when you read the Bible, it's not ever a comparison between us and Him, It's all about getting a relationship with Him, walking with Him. And as we have that relationship with Him, the natural changes that are a side effect of relationship take place. So don't fall to the comparison game with your kids. Now, I hope that you enjoyed a little bit of my chaotic, maddening chaos. I hope you got a good laugh out of that. Your day is coming. Just remember that. But anyway, this... This is fun. This is what I do, and I hope that you can extract some things out of this so that you yourself can strive to be a better dad every day as well, because it's not just me. It's all of us together. Tell you what, if you've got any questions, if you've got any concerns, if you've got any feedback or input, whatever it is, I don't care. I just want to hear from you. You can just send me an email, fatherinourfuture at gmail.com. You can reach out to Father In Our Future on a lot of the social media platforms, definitely Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We'll see about some of the other stuff. I'm getting there. Again, I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I'm I'm taking it easy for a little bit, but you know what I mean. Reach out to me, comment, send me an email, reach out to me. I want to hear about your chaos as a father. I want to hear about some of the things that you do because look, I don't have it all figured out. I'm just sharing a little bit of my journey, a little bit of what I've learned from other dads and having conversations with them and reading other resources and just Going through this experience as a father myself. So this is why we do it together because we learn from each other. We're better together. We're stronger together. And that's how we actually fulfill the mission. We do it together. So future at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me. And I hope you'll join me next time.